This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hello, traders, and welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. I'm Jack Pelzer, and this is the show where we talk about all things related to markets, futures, forex, and trading psychology with some of the best and brightest in the industry. Today, we have a rather unique show for you, as our usual host, Jeff Carter, is still at his cabin up in Minnesota this week. That's right, folks, he's off the grid. He's one with nature, forging his own meals and forgetting about the possibility of a no-deal Brexit for at least a few more days. So, in his absence, we decided to bring on two of our best friends here at the podcast. These are two individuals who need no introduction, like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, like Lennon and McCartney or Holmes and Watson. The two people today are performance coaches here at Top Step Trader, and I'm talking, of course, about none other than John Hoagland and Dan Hodgman. And they'll be joining us today to have a discussion about rewarding good trading behavior even when it follows a losing trade. And believe me, that's a good thing to know how to do. Because not every trade's going to be a winner, and I can personally attest to that. But before we get to all that good stuff, it's about time we had a check-in on the markets this week with Mark Meadows and his market reaction. So many times, it's easy to have a bias in markets. We pay attention to them every day. It's almost impossible not to. But today's message is to one particular group of market participants, the bears. It's so easy for those of us that were actively trading in 2007 and 2008 or even bear markets before then to get bearish and then wait for the next big one. I have fallen into this camp before. I think it was the early part of 2016 and I was convinced that the next major collapse was coming. Every half a percent point decline was going to be a 3% decline and then a 10% decline. Sure enough, just as I'd load up, the buy the dip crew would come in and wipe me out. I had a rough three months trading, but I learned a very important lesson about bias. Don't have one. Have a plan instead. Every day, go into the trading day with an idea of what you want to do if the market goes higher, goes lower, or moves sideways. And then let the price action tell you what to do. It's only in that way that you'll steadily build your account over time, eliminate bias, and become a consistently profitable trader. And that's your market reaction. Thank you, Mark. Traders, you're probably familiar with Dan and Hogue. We've had them on the podcast a number of times. They're kind of like our version of Joan Rivers taking over The Tonight Show when Johnny Carson's out of town. Boy, that was a dated reference, even for me. I don't even know where that came from. Today, they're going to talk about treating yourself, so to speak, if you make the right trading decisions, even if that decision may involve losing some money in the short term. This is a skill that will definitely benefit your mental and physical well-being in the long run. I'll see you guys on the other side of their conversation. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for that introduction, Jack. This is Dan Hodgman. I'm sitting down with the famous, wonderful, good-looking John Hoagland. You forgot old. Oh, old. <laughs> How's it going, John? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back in the studio sitting down and uh, hopping on the podcast again. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. It's always fun and uh, you know, looking forward to it. Right. I think the last time you and I were on here was 
kicking off summer, and uh, now summer's coming to a close. Yeah, and what a summer it was as far as you know, not only just trading. I know I had a lot of fun this summer. Yeah, you're telling me. I got a lake house. I spent most of my time on the water. It was uh, it was a perfect summer, to say the least. And the markets didn't slow down. I mean, they were still moving, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah. There was certainly some really good opportunities. I mean, I remember some summers when we were just kind of standing around the floor telling jokes. There really wasn't much to do. But this summer really offered some decent opportunities. Right. I remember when I was a kid growing up, we had a lake house, my parents did, and We'd go up there all summer long. My mom would take all the kids, and my dad would be there like Thursday afternoon through Tuesday morning. And I remember, I mean, you didn't think twice about it as a kid. Like, oh, yeah, dad's at the lake. Like, what's what's different about this? And you get older, you have a job, and you're like, wait a second. How was he able to pull that off all the time? But he was a floor trader. I mean, the floor was quiet. He was able to walk away. Sure. Makes me jealous. Now that these markets are moving Monday through Fridays on a summer, on a regular summer week, it's like, man- yeah. I actually take time off and yeah. forget about stuff. And, you know, I'm sure it was probably difficult for him to basically walk away on Mondays and Fridays because you know, I'm sure there were times when there were opportunities there that he would have been able to take advantage of, but he, you know, wanted to spend the time with the family and, and you know, doing things at the lake. So, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm sure it wasn't always easy for him just to take that time off. No, but I think I look back on it and, like, those are some of the best times, like Mondays on the lake were always so quiet. Yeah. And it was like the chance we got to go skiing and tubing and like those were awesome times. I look back on it. And then that's the stuff you remember. And I know now for me, when I have kids, like that's gonna be my goal. Is like how do I spend that quality time with them like that? Sure. Yeah. I mean I did the same thing. It was a day after school ended, we were up at the lake and we did not come back until the day before school started. Right. My mom would pick us up at school and the truck was loaded with everything. Yeah, and uh so uh I had a lot of lake time during the week and did a lot of skiing, a lot of horsing around out there. So we uh, come from much the same background as far as the lake is concerned. I was going to say, I don't think many people realize it, but John is talking about Lake Geneva. I'm talking about Lake Geneva. You know what else is funny is there's another guy in the office who's a trader, grew up in the same world as us. Uh, He's the risk manager, Mick. So some of you may have heard him. Mick grew up on Lake Geneva, too. It's funny how we all end up in this small little company working together. Right. right. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of funny because our places are, like, within a mile of each other, and yet we never met. You and I know. Mick and I grew up together. That's right. So I grew up with Mick. That's right. Mick's dad's house was, like, literally you could throw a stone from my parents' back door to his dad's front door. Yeah. I mean, we were so close. And, you know, maybe there's a little slight generational difference uh between me and and you guys yeah I'm, i don't have the tag old yet when i'm introduced i didn't <laughs> i didn't put that tag on you you put it on yourself but yeah you know maybe chronologically just not mentally or emotionally old <laughs> but you grew up with like my parents neighbors you know all them sure so it's just funny yeah. how that connection they were actually with... friends with some of my older siblings yeah so I'm stuck in the middle. You're stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle. Not a bad place to be. No, no. So speaking of summer coming to an end, markets are going to be a little different slightly. We're going to be thickening up on liquidity. We may see ranges get a little bit tighter just because that liquidity is there. But nonetheless, we're going to still trade our plans, which is kind of what we want to talk about today, right? Yeah, well, it's almost that time to get back down to business. School's starting 
vacations are ending. Everybody's going to get back down to business over in Europe after this weekend. Mm -hmm. Their August vacation will be pretty much over. Not that I don't think we miss them that much, but everybody will be back in and present to uh, to have an influence in the marketplace, and it should be another interesting fall. Exactly. So coming into fall, all summer long, most people uh, will probably be behaving badly on their summer weekends, having more fun they probably should. Present company excluded. <laughs> and, uh, so that bad behavior was rewarded, but in trading, that can't be the case. So John and I kind of want to touch on this idea of like, how do we reward our good behavior we're going to take losses. Things are going to happen. Trading, it's inevitable. But, John, let's kind of dive into that a little bit. What yeah. do you think? So we're we're talking about having the ability to reward good behavior even if it doesn't work out in our favor, even if it's a loss. How do we reward that behavior? What are we looking at here? Exactly. It's so tough. When you take a loss in trading, the first thing you think of in everyday life, you lose money. Something went wrong. I screwed up. Like, that was a mistake. I won't do that again. Trading is different, I think. I look at it in the sense of instead of what is a loss and what is a win, looking at it as success metrics. So I was successful in executing that plan. So a loss is so natural and so part of what trading is. You hear it all the time. What's your risk versus your reward? What's your win percentage? Like, those are things so common. And... I think if you kind of keep that in mind, you have to first off accept losses. Right? Absolutely. And then knowing that that loss is part of trading. Mm -hmm. So when you take a loss, was that loss within your system? Like are, you weren't moving your stop. You weren't right. you know, just letting it go until you ran out of money. Right. What we're, we're, we're talking about is even in a process-driven strategy, you are going to take losses. And just the fact that you're taking losses – doesn't make you a bad trader, doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that that particular trade didn't pay you. As long as it's part of your process, you should still reward the fact that you stayed in your process, in your strategy. You know, there was a, a gentleman that used to stand next to me in the S&P pit, and he would literally say out loud when he took a loss, he'd say, okay, good. Okay, good. Right. I knew a lot of guys that would try and get their first trade as a loss just to get it out of the way. Just to get it out of the way, right? I knew guys, they just wanted to get out of the way. Like, hey, just t let's get a quick loss out of the way. Like, Get it over with. Buy one and sell it. Get it off. <laughs> just get it over with. Let's just be done. Well, I asked him. I said, you know what? You, I'm really kind of questioning your sanity here. You're taking a <laughs> loss and you're saying, good. Why do you say that? He said, because I'm trading my process. I have a decision-making process that I'm trading, and that those particular trades just didn't play in my favor, but I view them as an opportunity to basically pay the market for information. Mm -hmm. That trade didn't work. It was part of my strategy. What am I missing? It gives me an opportunity to step back and say, okay, you know that trade is part of my process. It didn't work. What could I have done to make the outcome better in that case? Exactly. Well, it's like... It was like one of the first things I was ever taught. My dad would tell me all the time. He goes, every loss you take, just know you're paying to learn something new. You're paying for that lesson. But how do you make that lesson worthwhile? Okay, you lost money. Hey, you're paying the market. You can't just move forward and take the next trade. Well, maybe you do, but you have to go back, take a look at why you lost. Why did it hit your stop? Was it just because, hey, you weren't really paying attention to where you placed that stop and you were on the wrong side of something or... The market just 
extended a little bit more than typical, a little more than you were expecting. And hey, that's totally okay. Like the, the whole process was right here. But trying to learn something from every loss you took. That mm-hmm. was the thing he pressed on me so much was learn why you took that loss so that the next time you have that added little bit of knowledge when you're placing that stop or you're entering that trade, like, you know what? I'm going to wait for a little better entry point just because I've learned my lesson enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are many paradoxes in trading. And, you know, one of the first one that comes to mind is if you're chasing money, you're not going to find it. It's it's, it's going to be very difficult for you. But what to, if you're chasing the rainbow? You're chasing the rainbow? Isn't there supposed to be profit at the end of the rainbow? <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, actually, rainbows are something that is in uh, Lucky Charm cereal. <laughs> and that's the gold at the end of the rainbow is, is Lucky Charm cereal. Right. Well, if you can stay in your process and you have a losing trade, and it is part of your process, you have to revel in the idea that even though it was a loss, it was a calculated loss, it was part of my process, something I can learn from it. What about the other side? What about when you do something Outside your strategy, maybe you get upset and you trade too big or you just capitulate and say, you know what, the heck with it, I'm going to lose this account anyway or whatever it is, and you put on that 15 lot and it ends up paying you. How do you feel about that? Do you revel in that success or is that a bad behavior that you have to watch out for later? Well, it's a great point to make. You think about it. It's so vital to recognize smart and bad decision-making, right or wrong, profitable or losses. So whenever I take a trade, the first thing I do when it's over is, okay, was that a good choice? Did I make the right decision process here? Was I going through the right steps? Is it based solely on the outcome? Absolutely not. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not perfect, and I have no problem admitting I have made trades just no. like, I won't lie, I've made that trade where I said, screw it, I'm throwing extra on, just do it, and I was fortunate enough to walk away profitable, but I will be honest in saying I have lost more than I have made doing that. Uh-huh. I have done it, I have learned my lesson, I've paid the piper in the sense, and I'll be honest with you, it's very hard, I've been told by many people, don't do that. But I didn't learn until I did it myself too many times. Sure. I took those losses and I, I had to deal like with nine the, out of 10 times when you do that, you're going to get it handed to you. Right. And the sad part was the first time was the, uh, the one out of 10, the first time I ever did it. I can remember it explicitly. I, uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you the exact story. I was hedging for a couple different guys and I had the freedom to, uh, trade 10 lots in the bonds. So I would scalp 10 lots a little bit here and there, and I was hedging these option positions. Yikes. And uh, I'm on the headset, and it was actually my old man. My old man goes, all right, sell 10. I'm like, okay, so I'm working 10. He goes, okay, sell another 10. I'm like, okay, working. Sell another 10. I'm like, I'm working. So I'm working 30 bonds. And he's saying, sell them. He's not saying- Work them. Work them. Well, I'm working them. I'm working them. And uh, he's yelling- then I got another guy in the headset. He was going, are, are we sold? Are we sold? Are we filled on that order? And I'm like, I'm working and I'm working. I'm screaming back at him. And my dad's not the most nimble. The bond pit was a little bit higher. So there was a big step down. And uh, he typically walked the long way to the nice stairs as opposed to climbing down the ladder. And uh, I will never forget this. He grabs the side, the rail of the pit, jumps over 
and comes trucking at me. At that, the order fills, and I got it two ticks better than he was trying. Two ticks, 30 bonds. It was a nice feeling for me. Sure. And I was younger, and I didn't process the whole idea of what a loss is. I was just, well, when I started hedging, it was just, you just worked them. And I was a little bit younger, so I wasn't a full-time, and uh, I was just covering for a little bit, and my dad looks at me and goes, he was so mad. He was so angry with me. But I'm like, but I made you, I made money. Uh I did something, I made money. This is awesome. And he's like, he goes, no. That was a mistake. You did not do what you were supposed to do. Therefore, this is not successful. This is not a good thing. Right. If I say sell 10, you're selling 10 at the market. I don't care. Just hit the bed. Just hit it. But it felt really good. And I did it a couple more times. So bad behavior, but rewarded financially. Rewarded financially. berated. By my father. By the man. Papa Hodge was not happy with that one. So I won't forget that. And every time I did do that mistake of like, well, let's just do something stupid here. That always kind of sat in the back of my head. But the profit taken on it, right? there was 60 ticks in the bonds. Right? I'm like, this is awesome. Sure. And so the profit took always kind of outweighed for a little bit until I finally was like, wait a second. Remember last time you did this? Remember the time before that and the time uh, before that and the time before that and the right. time before that? <laughs> right. Right. So that was... That was right. the first experience of it. Yeah, and you know, while you were thinking, "Wow, I'm a genius," I sold, you know, I sold thirty bonds, two takes better. Mm-hmm. It was actually not part of the process, not what you were supposed to do. Absolutely. You felt you were you were rewarded for it financially, but when it came down to it, you didn't follow the process. Therefore, it, you can't revel in that. Anytime you step outside your strategy, go. You know, if you're a two-lot trader, you start getting upset and put a five-lot on and it ends up paying you, you can't act like you're a genius. You actually made a mistake there. You stepped outside your process, and the next time you're in that same situation, you're going to have that same thought, that same feeling like, well, last time I just doubled down and it paid off. Well, we know, and as I'm sure many of you know, and Dan, I know you know, that when we do that, Nine times out of 10, maybe even 99 times out of 100, it's not going to go for you. Absolutely. And I think the biggest reason why you can't revel in those mistakes that are profitable, you can't revel in that because it leads to continuous poor decision making. To me, the big wins always kind of outweigh the small losses. And so those tend to be big wins that we feel like, hey, we got one. We got away with one. Yeah. And those tend to outweigh, and that's where it leads to continuous poor decision-making. And so if you reward that bad behavior and say, hey, this was awesome. Way to go. Pat myself on the back. Wait till next time. Right? You're rewarding that bad behavior, and next thing you know, it becomes a regular thing. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to instill good habits. We're here to better ourselves as traders and if we make these poor decisions and we let them take us over mm-hmm. we're never going to find success at this so as we all get back to school and as we all get back to business let's start keeping those good decisions in our for in our in the front of our heads and the next time you remember one of those situations where you doubled down or tripled down in a bad position and you ended up getting paid for it that's just re- kind of re-ingraining bad behavior, and uh, you don't want to do that. Absolutely. E- eventually, it will cost you, and hopefully not cost you everything. 
Yeah. And you know, the one thing I will say to just to add on to that is when you do take those losses, reward it. Make sure you're doing something for recognizing that, hey, I made a smart decision, even if it's something tiny. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself. Yeah. And even you know, if it's a series of good decisions that didn't go your way, and maybe it's the end of the day, you had three or four opportunities that were part of your strategy and none of them worked, you still stayed in your strategy. You didn't get emotional. You didn't do something that may just exacerbate the loss on that day. You're going to be here to play tomorrow. That's one of the things we say here is always trade for tomorrow, Mm -hmm. staying in your strategy, staying in your process, and actually feeling good about staying in that process can really help kind of instill good habits and hopefully get you past the bad ones. Exactly. Our job is to trade our strategy successful or not, that's what we're here to do. And so take your time and the market will start to reward you if you stay within a system following rules. And uh, that's the process, man. If you're chasing it, that's a paradox. You're never going to find it. Putting yourself into a solid process and strategy, proving that strategy, and then playing that strategy as it proves itself, that's your way to success. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was fun getting back on here, John. Absolutely. Always enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, let's kick it over back to Jack and uh, everybody trade well, and we'll see you in the markets. Thanks, Jack. Say something funny. Well, thank you kindly, Hogue, for that impossible request. Unfortunately, I can only tell jokes when I'm with another person or people in a fun and carefree environment, not sitting alone in a dark podcast studio at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, trying not to piss off our CFO and CEO who each sit just beyond these paper-thin walls probably cursing my nasally voice and the modern necessity of having a corporate podcast. But more to the point, thank you, traders, for making it to the final wicket of the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. Since we had a bit of a shorter discussion this week, we figured it might be a good time to bring back an old standby, some trader therapy. A quick reminder of how this works. I, Jack Pelzer, who is assuredly not a licensed psychologist in any jurisdiction, will be giving some free psychology advice to our traders. Additional reminder, I cannot prescribe medication either, so please don't ask. So why don't you lay down and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating a forklift or something, and just become part of your environment for a moment. Good. Good. We're just going to let all our problems melt away here for a moment. Today, I'd like to talk to you all about stress. As a society, we haven't done a good job of forming a coherent opinion on stress. On one hand, we all know it's bad for you. We even know that it will shorten your lifespan. But on the other hand, we also celebrate the culture of the hustle and praise those movers and shakers who work the 20-hour days, surviving on some unholy concoction of energy drinks, energy bars, five-hour energies, energy bites, energy medication, energy meditation. Well, you get the picture. This sort of lifestyle is particularly common among traders. The markets are open nearly 24-7, and in the words of Aerosmith, many of us don't want to miss a thing. I bring this up because Labor Day is this weekend, and I think this is a good time to reflect on what really fulfills you in your professional and personal life. I advise you try and take an inventory of the things that give you real energy, as well as the things that suck it away. Never lose track of what really matters, even as the world tries to bog you down with, well, a bunch of BS. So I invite you now to take a deep breath, exhale that stale air, and come back to your environment, 
Once again, I hope you weren't driving or in a forklift. This will conclude your trader therapy for this week. And we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode featuring a fully rested Jeff Carter. Between now and then, we certainly hope that you both like and subscribe to this podcast. Join our exclusive private Facebook group. And leave a comment there or on the blog if there's something you would like us to change or add to this program in the future. In the meantime, for Dan, Mark, Hogue, myself, and the gang, hope you all have a wonderful and restful Labor Day weekend. I offer you all a hearty namaste, and as always, trade well. This episode produced by Dante32. Futures in Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.